this is Susie and I'm joining you today from Bunjalung country. I would like to acknowledge and pay respect to the elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm speaking remotely with Thilanika Wijasenka. Thili is joining us today from Yugambeh country on the Gold Coast. Thili is an international student who took a chance, left Sri Lanka in 2018 and journeyed to the Gold Coast to take up her PhD studies at Southern Cross University. Hi Thili, thank you very much for joining us today. Hi Susie, thanks so much for having me on the show and it's such an honour and privilege to be here. I think it's a great pleasure for us. I'm so looking forward to hearing um, about your story. So let's start with your postgraduate studies. What is it that you're um, researching? Well, so for my PhD at Southern Cross University, um, I am in the Faculty of Education and my research is on climate change. And so uh, it's an interdisciplinary study where I have explored the options of, you know, finding inquiries on climate change and working with children and young people, that's the 14 to 17 year olds, using drama. So it's connecting the science, environmental studies together with the arts-based methods. And um, it's a it's a exciting space where you get to meet people every single day, you know, who you, you know, talk to, uh, regarding climate change, where you get to, you know, talk to people regarding arts-based research like drama, um, let's say, you know, storytelling, performance and all these things. So I think I found the perfect spot as well uh, at Southern Cross University. I'm a, a member of the C Research Cluster and it's basically a space where you could experiment, uh, get involved in projects which combines different disciplines together. So I am a major fan of interdisciplinary studies. So I think uh, this is the perfect place for me. And so my research is centered around finding solutions for climate change and working with children and young people, understanding what their future worldviews are and providing them the platform to open up, speak up and let the world know what they think of their future and how they want to construct it. So it's, it's, it's been amazing. I'm yet in the process of conducting my workshops. So just uh, I have been mind blown with the answers that I've received, received so far, like how these workshops are being conducted. And it's just been an amazing process. So that's a little bit about my PhD. Wow. And you're working with children in Australia and Sri Lanka, is that correct? That's correct. So it's the Sri Lankan and the Australian cohort, the 14 to 17 year old uh, children that I'm working with. And are you connecting those children? I am. Uh, so my final two workshops are to connect these uh, two groups together. So I, right now I'm working with them on an individual basis, uh, like the uh, cohorts separately, but the ultimate plan is to conduct the final two workshops together where the, they're going to perform a final script that they've all contributed to uh, online. So the online medium came into play after COVID last year. I was to go back home and conduct the Sri Lankan workshop and uh, uh, to conduct the Australian workshops here face to face because it's drama and drama is best done when it's done live. So uh, that was the plan, but... Uh, 
because of COVID, I think it created another layer of uh, investigation and inquiry into this whole PhD. So, yeah, it's interesting how this entire drama theatre platform shifted to an online medium. So it's really groundbreaking then, isn't it? Because COVID, as you said, has brought in a completely different element to the project, which was unimaginable in 2018 when you arrived in Australia. Yes, I had never thought about it before. And uh, just, you know, having drama workshops online on Zoom was such a, you know, I hadn't even dreamt of a project like that. But then after COVID, it just drove me on that you know, that line of thinking where I had to shift everything online and uh, to structure my workshops in a way that children can access it in a, you know, a live theatre uh, kind of, you know, that experience uh, that they need to get. So, yeah, I'm really happy actually that it happened in a way because the online workshops have really given me this understanding of how this generation, like even the 14 to 17 year olds, how they, you know, uh, deal with online mediums and how, um, you know, how they grasp information through online mediums and technology. They become so free expressing themselves, performing and just, you know, being themselves. That's what I really wanted and what I hoped for. Uh, it all goes back to that beautiful, adaptable nature of children. They're very good at it. They've really got so much to teach us as adults, don't they? That's so true. And that's, uh, as you said, like, that's exactly why I'm doing this PhD as well, to empower them and to provide them that platform that they, that they require and that we should be giving them more opportunities of doing so because they have amazing ideas and they're just the most amazing, you know, uh, beings on earth, I think. So it's just uh, letting them understand and letting them know that they are being valued, their thoughts are being valued and giving them that space. So that's an, that's exactly what this entire PhD is about. Mm. When I first heard about your research, I was thinking, oh, I wonder what the differences are between the children in Sri Lanka and Australia. And then I had a thought, what about the similarities? What's the universal experience of these children? That's so interesting because... Uh, I must mention this uh, first and foremost that my I had no intention of um, comparing the two countries or the cohorts because the the main understanding or the idea around this was to provide them the platform. So when I was conducting the workshops, I think eighty percent of the responses that I received or the stories that I heard were pretty much similar, which is amazing because. Um, and interesting because Sri Lanka is a developing country and Australia is a developed nation. And then uh, you would think that, you know, children might have different opinions, different ideas based on their family backgrounds, their cultural and social backgrounds. But it, it wasn't. Uh, 80% of the responses were so similar when they were asked questions like, what do your future want to look like? Or what is your future going to be? Uh, and the answers were pretty similar. So I think in terms of, uh, you know, uh, children, I think they they think really, you know, in similar patterns, I guess. I'm, I'm too early in my PhD to say that. But with the workshops that I've conducted, I feel that, you know, uh, they all have one, you know, universal worldview for their future. And then that's to make this, you know, environment, the place they want to live in, 
be good. So I think that's what they're striving for. And, you know, you you see children working for it. Like uh, some of these children that were in my workshops, they, they just were, you know, so environmentally conscious and even before I asked certain questions from them they would just you know come up really quickly and tell tell everyone that's there how they work towards it so some of the answers that I got some of the responses were all centered around environmentally you know uh, how they are conscious about the environment how they work towards a better future and things like that and uh, that was fascinating and that I saw from both cohorts. How wonderful to to be surprised in your research, and I, I love that connection of of these children from a developing country and and Australia. So, is fear something that you're coming up? Um, are, are these children expressing fears? I, I'm thinking because basically, we're all first responders in this global pandemic, uh, and all of this talk of climate change how, how are the children adapting to this new environment i think as i told you before like they are so used to these online mediums and even on zoom like schooling on zoom is well i think they feel it in that same face-to-face -face, uh, environment kind of method because even when they're on zoom like even when we are performing uh, little skits like related to performance and drama they're so free like you don't even see them you know um, think uh, for a second because they just go on reading their script performing and just speaking out whatever they like their stories and everything so I think they've adapted really well than us adults and uh, that's just fascinating and um, I think uh, as you said um, more than you know having a fear uh, towards the future I think they're very hopeful and uh, the children that I've worked with uh, in the Sri Lankan and the Australian cohorts, they have so much of hope for their future. And uh, I'm not sure if that builds from fear, like, you know, fearing that their future is going to be, you know, really bleak or gloom, you know, it's going to be a doomed future. But uh, with the things they come up with, with their stories that they tell, it's just amazing just to listen to them. And, you know, it's just fascinating that there is hope even for us that the future is going to be mm -hmm. good. Yeah probably got um so much to learn um as i yeah as i mentioned before from these young people earlier on uh, you talked about the c research cent research center so that's the sustainability environment and the arts in education research can you tell us a little bit more about this center sure so uh the main reason i've uh, come here to you know uh, pursue my studies in my PhD is because of this C research cluster because uh, Professor Amy Carter McKenzie Knowles who's my co-supervisor and uh, I first wrote to her because I was so in interested in this space because it's just a amazing space where it combines environmental you know scientific studies with arts-based research and uh, I couldn't find a space better than that anywhere else in the world so this is just one one of those spaces uh, that exist here in Australia that combines this interdisciplinary methods. And so even the sound of it, as you see, it says like sustainability, the environment, education, arts, it's all together. So uh, what better place to pursue your dream of study than this? So when I wrote to uh, uh, Amy, uh, she was so, you know, 
generous and like she responded really fast to all my emails and I, I was able to get a placement here. And so Amy is my co-supervisor and Professor Lexi Lazik, uh, she's my principal supervisor. So they're experts in their fields. Uh, Professor Lexi Lazik, uh, she's an expert in arts-based research and um, Professor Amy Katamakinsinel, she's an expert in uh, ecological studies, environment and climate change education. So. Uh, every single day like even during my regular meetings with them it's just amazing the things that i learn because they bring in those perspectives and i am the one that has to you know uh, connect the ideas together connect the dots so it's it's just an amazing space it's very um, a collegial space i must say where everyone could just be a part of it if they're interested and we conduct monthly readings around you know this interdisciplinary uh, readings or studies or methods uh, we conduct you know annual uh, compendiums where everyone gets to be a part of a publication so so far in my two and a half years here in uh, Australia I've uh, been a part of four publications so just amazing because if you were on your own and you know a PhD students journey can be very lonely sometimes but here like I've never felt that before <laughs> it's just uh, so welcoming and uh, every single day you're working on something uh, and uh, it's uh, the learnings and the opportunities that you get are endless so the C research cluster is that place where you know that is I think it has really shaped me who I am today in terms of at least you know conducting my workshops as well because uh, I mean if I was on my own just working you know around the PhD like working on theory methods and all that uh, I would have just had only my ideas but this space like uh, we could speak to others just share our thoughts around what my PhD is going to be and then you get a lot of feedback and that's what you want so yeah, it's, I think it's the perfect place I've come to to uh, pursue my studies. <laughs> well, it definitely sounds it because you're just radiating joy and enthusiasm. How, what a wonderful place to be. Yes, yeah. It's a, it's a uh, what should I say, a wonderful opportunity actually to speak about it as well. Because uh, I'm sure there are lots of people out there who wants to conduct you know interdisciplinary studies and they they don't find that perfect spot for it like you sometimes get let's say if, at least as an example like I would have want to do climate change and I would have got stuck in a climate change related you know um, faculty or an area which I didn't want to because I wanted to explore drama and uh, arts-based methods as well and so um, why would you want to you know isolate yourself in a separate environment when you've got this perfect space that has so much of support and so much of learning sounds so innovative and i think uh, southern cross that's that's the beauty of uh, study at southern cross and it really can be yeah it's such an innovative space an innovative university and uh perfect for you know innovative studies as well and that's why you see a lot of southern cross researchers just you know conducting groundbreaking research and uh, everything is so innovative here like if you look at uh, you know the faculty of education alone you you find so much of innovative studies that you just get lost in those areas and you come to a point where you start thinking oh i should have done something like that like <laughs> I have felt that several times and uh, it's just it's fascinating how you know when you go in for these uh, 
in candidature reviews, confirmation of candidatures, of PhD students, you hear their stories, you hear how they conduct their research. It's just amazing how, you know, things have come up, how their personal life experiences have contributed to their PhDs. Uh, it sounds like it sort of chose you. Um, <laughs> but what, what do you hope to achieve with your studies once you're done? Well, um, that's a really interesting question, Susie, because I think all in my uh, journey of education or career, I've always, um, you know, stepped into different fields and uh, it's it's not been the same field that I've been working on all throughout. So I think after my PhD, there's one hope of, you know, continuing my research as well, uh, which is I want to expand it globally where I, I provide more spaces for children and young people in other countries, uh, more platforms for them to express themselves and, you know, uh, for them to talk on issues related to climate change or maybe future world issues or maybe they, where they could incorporate drama in discussing these issues. Um, so that's one hope uh, to become a researcher. Um, but I also have another hope of uh, starting my, you know, uh, own school, uh, maybe an online school, which, because I'm so used to these online platforms now where I encourage children and young people uh, to, you know, talk about different issues. It could be mental well-being. It's, it's not just climate change or it's not just what I'm basing my research on, where they could use arts-based methods to, you know, delve deep into these inquiries and express themselves in a more arts-based method kind of way instead of, you know, uh, just uh, you know, keeping it them, them they're keeping to themselves because sometimes it's just so fascinating how arts helps us to express ourselves better. Like you, you would have really, you know, uh, understood how poetry or storytelling or you know different arts-based methods helps us to just express ourselves like totally or fully. And uh, I think I just want to create that platform, but that's in the long run. It's uh, I can't see it in the near future happening, but that's just one hope that I have. Do you see yourself being based back in Sri Lanka? Or has being in Australia opened up different opportunities, perhaps? Well, I think Australia has opened up so much of opportunities and uh, it's it's become my second home now. So I, I definitely want to stay here and uh, work for, well, not just the Australian community, but the Sri Lankan community and world over, wherever I could just uh, make sure that I honour, you know, the opportunities that I got from all these places because um, it's I actually consider it a privileged position just being able to con like pursue a PhD because there are lots of people out there who want to do it who want to pursue a PhD but who don't get the chance so when you get the chance of you know yeah, like pursuing it and then when you get the chance of um, doing it you should give back something to that field once again, something in return. So I think um, I love to be based here because I've got so much of opportunities and I love to explore more. So I think my uh, future around, you know, being involved in research, uh, I see here it in Australia. So yeah, but as I said before, I don't know because I've always, uh, uh, you know, uh, taken opportunities as it comes, but I'm sure uh, if you ask me for the next 10 or 15 years, you'll see me here in Australia, I guess. So courageous. <laughs> what, 
what are the attributes that you you personally think are important if you're going to undertake a PhD uh, study? Well, that's really interesting, Susie, because I think when I started this PhD, uh, even though I had done done a master's before in Sri Lanka in international relations, here, like conducting the PhD in Australia had a different uh, set of things that I had to learn, like, you know, in terms of referencing and in terms of, you know, learning how to write academically, just reading things every day, uh, at least for one or two hours is like a constant practice that one needs to, you know, uh, do. And then that really helped me after one year to have an understanding of what this field is like. Uh, I won't say that I've got a 100% understanding. I'm still learning. I'm still reading. But that constant practice of reading is required for a PhD. And the constant practice of writing as well. Because um, you see an improvement every single day. If you write something, you see an improvement at the end of one year or at the end of you know two years. You see how your writing has improved. Um, now, when I look back at some of my first writings, like when I, I had to send my supervisor some of my draft chapters, I, I just can't imagine I wrote them because it's, it's really bad. <laughs> and I ask this from my supervisors sometimes, how did you all even read it? Because it's terrible. <laughs> But that's, I think that's the learning process and that's how I've developed, uh, you know, into writing better every day. I think as a PhD student, you just have to open up yourself for opportunities that you get and writing opportunities. You have to collaborate and write with others, be a part of projects or come up with your own projects. I have been a part of writing um, for a grant um, at the Faculty of Education with one of my colleagues and I've written a grant on my own uh, and it's still pending though but yeah I've written it with my supervisors so grant writing these are all things that contribute to your PhD uh, and your career as a researcher so I think the PhD is that safe space where you get to practice all these things so why not do it when you could uh, if someone asks me, is it similar to the bachelor of bachelor's or the master's? Well, it's similar. It's just that you're you're on your own in this journey, and then you need to be your expert. You need to be your teacher, guide, and everything when you're writing. So I think it's important that you are disciplined and that you maintain a proper, you know, structure of doing things, and that's how you're able to, you know, reach your end goal. Um. So after two and a half years, do you know everybody on the Gold Coast campus? Practically, yes. I I, I know everyone, like, because I always walk like up. I go up to the 10th floor or that's my usual routine and I do that to date. Um, so while walking, I might just stop on the 5th floor, just walk around to see who's there and then I go up to the 6th, 7th floor and so yeah, that's how it just happens and I'm just so fascinated by that, you know, that inclusiveness or that welcoming nature that Southern Cross has because wherever you go, people smile with you, they talk to you, they say hi and then maybe, in, you know, 10 minutes time if you have a conversation with someone you're just you know you you pass on your email and you start you know building connections and collaborating on things so uh, if you go to the green room which is the ca coffee shop it's just great like you you see people when you're on the queue you just talk to them I think I, I love talking to people and uh, this has been that perfect place for it. So apart from knowing everybody on the Gold Coast campus What's the best thing about studying 
at Southern Cross University? Well, um, I, I'd start with the Gold Coast because I wasn't aware of the Gold Coast until I came here. And uh, my co-supervisor, Professor Amy Mackenzie-Nolls, who's the Dean of the Faculty of Education, she, uh, I started connecting with her via email and I emailed her and asked her if I could study in Melbourne. Um, and because I had a lot of friends there and uh, I thought it's good to, you know, go and start my life here in Australia with some friends. But um, then Amy, uh, she connected with me via Zoom call and she said, why don't you come on to the Gold Coast? It's a beautiful place. You know, if you like the beach, the beach is there. If you like hinterland, the mountains are there. So wherever you want to live, you could choose. And then I thought, why not? And I asked my husband, who's here with me as well, um, would you like to go to the Gold Coast? And so we started, you know, going on YouTube, Googling about this place, like watching a couple of videos. And yeah, it was really good. And I love the sun uh, because Sri Lanka is a, it has a similar subtropical climate. So I thought, why not? Like, why not uh, Gold Coast? So yeah, that's how we came to the Gold Coast. But then Southern Cross uh, is, it's it's been just an amazing university in terms of graduate support. And um, uh, the graduate school has been so supportive in, you know, um, connecting with the students and just enabling us that, you know, uh, they have an amazing orientation where they, you know, give us opportunities just to get into this study where you get to see uh, different faculty members or school members before and uh, where you get to, you know, talk to people and that orientation sets that base to f like for your studies. So I think I just admired that orientation. Plus, even after that, uh, the international student support at Gold Coast uh, where uh, Sarah Sekulik, uh, she's been amazing. Like that's, that's, uh, Sarah is the first person I met when I came into Southern Cross and uh, she just walked us uh, all over the place, all over the campus. And uh, she just, you know, showed us all the places, the library, the cafes, the computer labs and all of that. And so that has been so helpful and uh, welcoming. And so Southern Cross all throughout uh, has been so supportive. And I must say the graduate school uh, helped, uh, like they uh, fund uh, students for conferences as well. And so in terms of conference support, attending these, like I've attended about, I think, eight conferences so far, and they've always supported me. So that is so impressive and so supportive. And um, it's just interesting how, you know, uh, as an international student, you could feel lost sometimes being in another country, being in a totally different environment. But here it's been so welcoming and uh, I've never felt that before. And um, I've never felt that, you know, warm welcome, that inclusiveness and just being a part of this entire journey and this and whole family. So I think um, study on the Gold Coast and studying here at Southern Cross, it's been an amazing journey and process. So um, honestly, like when I tell you that I have to complete my studies in eight months, I don't feel like I just feel like dragging it because I love being a student here. I have the same, I have the exact same feeling of coming to the end of my degree and all I can think about is, well, how can I stretch that out? But uh, I think it's fair to say that you've really inspired me. Um, 
in this chat today and and to see what's possible and to see the joy and enthusiasm that this um uh phd is giving you it's 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 been just wonderful to chat with you today thank you so much dilly and all the very best of luck yeah thank you so much susie <laughs>